and welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. I have got a spanking great interview with the amazing Dr. Kelly Casperson. If you don't know who Kelly is, she is like Dr. Laura, but better. Yeah, we're going to talk all about pleasure, sex, and empowerment today. You're going to want to listen to this. And then you're going to want to go over to her podcast, You Are Not Broken, and catch up on all the freaking amazing episodes. I mean, where else in your life can you listen to a fellow colleague talk about dildos? Seriously. Seriously. (laughs) But before we get into the interview, oh, geez, I forgot to tell you who I am. (laughs) That's how excited I am about this interview today. I'm Dr. Erin Wiseman. I'm a family medicine physician. I'm a life coach for high achievers, burnout, and people looking to make super awesome transitions so that they can love their life and their work. I call bullshit on burnout and give you all the love and tips to help you kick ass, take names, and be the badass that you truly are. I got to pay some bills. Here's a quick message from MR Insurance, a small business that helps physicians with their disability insurance needs. Michael L. Ravis is a CFP professional and insurance agent committed to helping physicians nationally with their term and disability insurance needs. He provides an objective, transparent, and education-focused process that aims to help doctors make prudent decisions and avoid overcomplicating things. He offers exclusive own occupation disability insurance policies for residents, fellows, and attendings. We know at Doctors Podcast Network that he would be happy to help you with whatever your needs are. So you can get a hold of Michael at drpodcastnetwork.com backslash Insurance. Or contact him via phone at 800-817-4522. All right, let's get into this interview. Welcome to the podcast, my friend, my fellow colleague, the amazing badass that you are, Dr. Kelly Casperson. It's so great to have you here with me, friend. Thank you for having me. It's been so long. We're like, hard, you and I are hard to get a date together. I know. I know. Schedules. But that's okay. People out in podcasting world don't know this, but we actually twin today. As we are recording this podcast, we both have white jacket sweaters with blue undershirts with our rockin' headsets that we've got on. I just have to say we're on the same wavelength. This already feels like it's going to be hashtag best episode ever. So funny. It's awesome. Well, tell the people in podcasting world a little bit about yourself. I am a urologist. I practice in the Pacific Northwest, which I think is the best place in the world. I, I'm like nine years out of residency at this point. You know, you start getting a little bored. The seven-year itch is real, people. Pay attention to it. If you're bored, it's just because it's been seven years and you're really good at your job now. You figured it out, right? And uh, so, yeah, I was kind of there. And then I was like, I had this one amazing patient who made me deep dive into female sexual health and medicine, something that I thought I should have known something about because I did a urology residency. And we didn't get taught that because nobody did in medical school. And so I started a podcast. I'm writing a book. Oh, my God. It's just exploded. And it's awesome. I'm I'm kind of big on Instagram. I have 6,000 listeners, which I think is a big deal. So I go live on there. I am having a blast. You are the female pelvis queen. Let's just be perfectly honest. You are the clitoris queen. Maybe that is a better one. Yeah. I look at a lot of vulvas. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Absolutely. And now you're talking about it and people, it's rocking their worlds quite literally. 
it's yeah i get messages all the time like until i found you so glad i found you i didn't know blah 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 and you kind of get like you probably get this too like you get into your own world and you're like yeah everybody knows this it's boring and if you're like no no no," you know they don't know this stuff but we all own the body parts and we all like are kind of sexually active people and we just go we're just blind totally 100 percent. it's like money and sex we all like it but we don't talk about it right like we all have wallets with some cash in it, but we're like, oh, let's not talk about money or like maybe get better at it or realize we don't know much. Totally. Same, same. Money and sex. Interchangeable. Yeah. There's a great podcast episode out there on your podcast, You Are Not Broken, where you talked with Latifa. Oh, my God. It's a great one. I love listening to that. She's awesome. Yeah. She actually contacted me. She's like, I want to, I'm going to come on your podcast. I'm going to talk about money. Because everything people think about money is exactly what they think about sex. And like she sold me on the topic. We had so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's a great episode. Well, let's riff a little bit and get into your topic today, which is empowerment. Tell me why you picked it and what it means to you. I think I see what I see a lot is women sitting around waiting for permission, thinking they're not good enough or if only somebody. And I know this because I lived this experience, right? This is the same experience I had. Like I was I... I'm a board certified surgeon. I'm a, you know, I have a successful job. I learned everything I could about female sexual dysfunction. And I'm like, if somebody would just come and like tell me I'm expert enough for me to actually do something with this now. Right. And like, that's where I was stuck until I was like, I remember I was literally like getting out of the shower and it hit me. I was like, oh, nobody's coming. <laughs> like they're not who is going to come right who's the expert who's going to tell you you're the expert and i think especially physicians who spend we have to be accepted we have to t- be told we're good enough like to get into med school to get into residency to get the first job to all these things we're waiting for permission to say we're at the level that we can now x y and z and then you live your life and you're like well you know those other people get to do those amazing things because nobody came along and told me i could do them And you literally have to change your paradigm of like, nobody's coming to give you permission anymore for whatever it is, right? For finding your passion, for becoming smart about money, for changing your sex life around, for writing a book, like pick any topic until you realize the person to give you permission is you and you have all the power. That's where the empowerment is. And then your life is yours to be lived. It's incredible. Yeah. You said an awesome quote earlier about the person who needs to give you permission is already in the room. She's just, she's sitting right where you are. Yeah. You just, you don't need to ask. You, you already have it. You already have the permission. We, we, we completely neglect the, the person in the room with us, right? All these things. And we're like, well, she's already there. She, your best friend's already giving you, should give you permission. It's you. But we don't think about ourselves that way. No, we don't think about ourselves that way. Cause like you said, we've been like institutionalized to think about like the next step. Stay in the lines. The lines are your friend. Except when the lines start like, eating your soul and you're so fucking burned out and tired that you're like, but I'm staying in the lines. I'm staying in the lines. It will protect me and save me. Another thing I see people do with physicians, I see physicians do it, is they're like, my job's not fulfilling. And they look at their job as what gives them fulfillment. And that might be true for some people. But at the end of the day, it's just a job. And if there's something else you're called to do, go do it. Right. And, and I don't think you have to quit medicine to go do it. Just and it's like, you know, how how we look for our spouse to fulfill every single emotional need that we could have. And they're like, well, don't don't put all that pressure on your spouse. Right. It's not their job to fulfill every need that you have. Same with your job. It's a job. It pays the bills. You do a lot of good because you're a doctor and you show up. Right. But if it doesn't fulfill every single calling, like 
my job wasn't where I was going to reach, you know, thousands of women across the country to tell them they're not broken. My job wasn't going to give me that. I had to go find that. Yeah. And hence where the podcast came. You know, a mutual friend of ours, Dr. Kara Pepper, she has this Instagram post that every time she posts it, I definitely steal it and use it. But it says it's not your job's job to make you fulfilled. Every time I see it, it like hits me in the throat again because I has to remind myself. We totally forget we're doing it. And I think the other thing is we let our jobs define us like, well, a urologist doesn't start a podcast about sex, right? Like I was letting my job define what I was capable of doing. And now, I mean, truthfully, I have a great friend who's a urologist who has a podcast. I'm like, if had I not started one, he would have anyways, right? And it's like, I have so many urologists now reach out to me and be like, how do you do it? You know, how do you do it? What do you blah, blah. And I'm like, you just realize you get to do whatever the fuck you want with this life. Yeah. So many people who come to me, it's so funny. I'll maybe invite them on the podcast or, you know, I have a CME course and they'll be like, well, I need to check with my institution either to make sure I can talk or I need to check with my institution to make sure they'll cover this. And I'm like, first of all, you don't have to fucking ask anybody. Like you can just do it. And secondly, it's CME accredited. It will be covered no matter because I did the hard work to get the AAP to do this. But I can't tell you how many times those folks, and that's how I know they need to be in Burnt Out to Badass because of this exact thing. Like they're looking for permission from external when really we need to turn the external noises down and tune up on the internal. Like what is it that you want? What is it that you desire? And no, it's 100% okay to chase after that. Totally. I mean, I see an example I see all the time just in medical practice is I see a lot of people for sexual dysfunction and whatever's going on. And I'm like, I think you'd really benefit from talking to a sex therapist, right? And they're like, well, I'll just see if my insurance covers it. And I'm like, oh my God, are you letting a multinational organization run your sex life? It's your sex life. This is like the next 40 years of what's happening in your house. I wouldn't say, well, you know, the $100 isn't worth it because my insurance isn't covered for it. Most people can afford a couple of sessions with a sex therapist. They're just choosing not to because the insurance didn't think it was deemed reimbursable. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's your sex life, people. Come on. Another example. So my middle son has some anxiety. And so I found through the network of our amazing female physicians, a really great child psychologist and you know, I talked to the office and they're like, well, your insurance, we don't carry it. And I'm like, I don't care. And they're like, you still want to schedule? I'm like, yeah. They're like, you know, you have to pay cash. And I was like, yeah. And I think that's the hardest thing that people, when they come into coaching, it's like really understanding, like you can just pay for things. You don't have to like jump through any hoops. You don't have to have permission. If you see value in something, you can a hundred percent have it. Totally. And, and the other thing for that is how much money do you spend for medical school? Right. Like we already spend a ton of money on ourselves. Don't tell me that we don't spend money on ourselves, you know? And it's like, why would we stop spending money on ourselves after like that's done? It's like to keep growing, to keep seeing what's possible. Oh my God. I just did a masterclass last Sunday about debt and like flipping the script on how we see debt. Cause I have so many people in the last couple of weeks that are coming to me and saying they can't do things because of their student loans. And we're not talking about like recent grads. We're talking about like women our age that still have loans. And so really normalizing that like loans mean nothing about you. And instead of looking at loans as a as golden handcuffs that are making you so you can never do anything again, but looking at them as an investment in yourself and like what would have you been if you hadn't have gone to medical school? Changing the script and looking at my loans to be like, you know what? I wouldn't be Aaron fucking Wiseman, D.O., 
If I hadn't spent that money, it wouldn't propelled me into a space that I can understand other physicians. I can work in healthcare. I can do all these amazing things. So look at it like how when you buy your house and you know you're making an investment, you know you're not going to pay it off for a good while and that it is totally okay. I love it. Somebody, I, I, did, I stole this from somebody, but I love it. When a patient calls you by your first name and you might not think that that's appropriate, I want to be called Dr. Casperson with certain patients, right? I look at them and I say, you know what? I've spent a lot of money to be called Dr. Casperson. And if you would like to pay down some of my loans, you can call me Kelly. And like, there's something about it that totally throws them off to be like, oh, she paid a lot of money, uh, you know, whatever it takes. But I love that. I'm like, I paid a lot of money for Dr. Casperson. You want to pay off some of my loans? And they're like, oh, right, Dr. Casperson. I don't know. I, I think it's brilliant. I love it because it's not just telling your patient that it's also reaffirming to yourself to be like, hell yes, I made that investment in me. Yeah, I'm here today because I took out those loans and I'm called doctor in this room because of yeah. all of that. Right. I'm like, yeah. So I love it. Talk a little bit about how you got your podcast started because you became empowered to get it going and a little bit of the the struggles that it was as our new podcaster. Well, you don't know how to do it because they didn't teach you how to do it in med school, right? And it's so it's so interesting now to be on this side of it where it's like in a very short period of time, my podcast has like absolutely exploded, right? To be scrollable on Apple is insane to me. Like you don't even have to search for me. You just scroll under sexuality and like my mug shows up. So like, it's been amazing. And so people will call, they'll contact me and they'll be like, so how do you do it? Like, what microphone do you buy? Like, what's your hosting thing? And I'm like, the secret is you just do it. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. Because so many people are like, well, I haven't done it yet because I haven't figured out what my first 10 episodes are going to be. And I haven't blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you're just limiting yourself. As soon as you decide you're going to do it, like I started my, like, you know, I've got these nice, all this, blah, I've got this soundproof. Like you, you build it as you go. It's like I just started it on my cell phone on call one Saturday afternoon because it was like January 1st, literally. And I told myself January 1st was when the podcast had to happen. So like that you just do it. And the, the technology is so amazing now. Like people used to have to have like networks and hundreds of thousands of dollars to get their voice out there. You literally dictate into your cell phone and throw it up for free on, you know, Spotify. It's insane. The barrier to entry is your mind. Yeah, it's you. I just did a podcasting 101 class because I get the same thing. People reach out to me. They want to know how to do it. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll teach you the super easy Aaron Wiseman way. I chit you not. I got done with that class and people were like, it's too easy. And I'm like, no, like if you can suit your wound, if you can deliver a baby, if you can do any of those things, of course you can podcast. You're only making it bigger and harder on yourself. Oh, yeah. Somebody was like, well, you, you have a good voice for podcasting. And I'm like, let me tell you about a criteria I didn't include before I started podcasting. I'm like, oh, yeah, I have, a, I have a voice for it. It's like, whatever. We're all welcome. I think I sound really good at 1.5 speed. So like, that's where my, my always, I'm like, listen to me at 1.5 speed. I am on fire. It's awesome. Nice. I love it. I get a little chipmunky when I get a little too fast too and fast. too excited. <laughs> Exactly. But yeah, it's just, you're right. It's just starting. So talk a little bit about the the tie-in with empowerment and pleasure and how you see those two go together. Oh, so important. Okay. So if you think, we'll talk about sex a little bit. If you think sex is something that, you know, I'll stereotype a heterosexual relationship here, but if you think sex is something that he needs, 
or you think something the sex is something that he gives you the orgasm it's all it's coming from a very passive place right and it's coming from a very chore based like ob- obligatory place and once women can learn to flip it and to be like sex is about me and it's about us and it's about his pleasure and my pleasure and it's not a, another chore on my to-do list it's literally enjoying my body that i have and it's the same way i I always swap around sex and exercise because I think so many people have the same limiting beliefs for exercise, right? And this is where desire for sex comes in is like, if I only exercised when I had desire to exercise, I would be exercising a hell of a lot less than I do. And where exercising comes from is me like, I know it's good for my body. I know I feel good afterwards. I know I'm doing healthy things for to take care of myself. And that's how sex really is. Rosemary Bassan researched kind of the female view of desire. And in our society, we think we should just have spontaneous, like, I see you, I'm wet, I want to pull down my pants, Hollywood desire. And that's not how women operate. We have sex for many, many, many different reasons. They did a research and there's like 237 different reasons that people cited for the last time they had sex. Desire being a very small, small reason that women have sex, right? I want to be close. I want to be intimate. I want to be relaxed. I want to help. It helps me sleep better. Takes away some of my menstrual cramps. I get to get to share an orgasm with my partner. He makes me feel really good. All of those are reasons to have sex, right? And desire is only one little teeny part of it. And if you keep waiting around for spontaneous desire because you think it's a necessary ingredient to have great sex, you're going to have way less sex in your life. Same with if you're, you're not empowered. Yeah, I love the illustration of exercise and sex because it also breaks down that like limiting belief, like good sex only ends with an orgasm, just like good exercise is like an hour in length, getting your heart rate up, like following the recommendations. Like, no, like five minutes can be fine. hundred percent. I don't. And what they've really done with the heterosexual sex paradigm, if you can contrast it to a same sex couple sex paradigm, right? Uh, the heterosexual sex paradigm is the penis goes in the vagina. That's what sex is. And it ends when the male has an orgasm. And how many people are living in that definition of sex versus exercise? If you're like, it exercises only five miles of cardio followed by bench pressing your body weight. That's what exercise is. And you're like, I don't really like that doesn't really do it for me. And that's really exhausting if I have to do that every time. And like, sometimes I just want to be a little lazier. Sometimes I just want to do yoga. It's like if you open up your paradigm about what sex actually is, which the same sex couples have done wonderfully, right? The penetration in same sex couples, whether it's a female body part or a male body part, only happens about 30% of the time. Their paradigm of what is pleasurable and what sex is, is completely blown wide open compared to where the heterosexual normative vision is stuck. So I encourage women to, and couples to think about sex in a much broader sense of like, sometimes it's five minutes and just being naked and kissing. Sometimes it's just oral. Sometimes it's just hands. Sometimes it's whatever it is. Is it much more enjoyable and playful? And same with exercise, right? If you were given the prescription the whole time that sex exercise is just this, and then you feel broken because you don't want to run five miles and bench press your weight instead of like, you know, exercise could be fun and like it could take as long or as little as you want it to. And that's still moving your body. And that's still awesome. You're like, ah, I needed to hear that. Bingo. Absolutely. I love whenever you talk in your podcast episodes, it's all about the clitoris. Tell us more. Clitoris is a penis. Like it's the feet. It's the it's the pleasure organ. Right. And we don't get taught that. I was I was actually just reading something and they were analyzing sex education in America and their statistic was 0% of states have sex education that talk about pleasure for whatever reason. Like, oh, my God, 
It's basically, I love that it's this Mean Girls movie where it's like, don't have sex because you'll get an STD and you'll get pregnant and die. Yep, that's pretty much like the definition of sexual education. <laughs> it is pretty much what everybody got. But it's like, if we don't teach about pleasure at all, it's no doubt that the clitoris is completely ignored, right? Because it has no other function, right? It doesn't hold a penis, a baby doesn't go through it, it, nothing bleeds. It's only is there for pleasure. And if you never talk about sex in a pleasurable reason for doing it, that's why it's so ignored. And because it's so ignored, that's why women have so many less orgasms than men, which is not okay. That's 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 orgasmic inequality. Yes, absolutely. We need stickers. I stand for orgasmic equality. Totally. But it's complete. Yeah, it's just completely, completely neglected. It is. It's 100 percent neglected. I remember and this is maybe TMI. So, Mr. Wiseman, I hope you're not listening. But like in our first couple of years of marriage, I was like, this is fucking boring. It was a lot more fun when we were dating. You know, and like going back to those stages and even as we've gotten older, we've been married almost 12 years now, rediscovering like, oh, I don't like that anymore. Or I want to try something like this. It's it makes it so much better when you open it up to like creativity and fun and that not everything has to end with a mess. Totally. And I mean, sex is adult play, right? Like it's literally play unless you're like trying to make a baby. Like you're doing it because you're just that's how adults play with each other. And it's like. There's so much good that comes with being playful and and viewing it as a play instead of a chore or boring. And studies show women get bored much more easily than men get bored in sex. And that's totally okay. It's how our brains work. We seek novelty. That's where desire comes from, right? If you do the same damn thing every single, like Cheerios are great, but every single damn day for breakfast, nope. No, but then you're like, I, well, there must be something wrong with me because I'm not desiring Cheerios every day for breakfast. And you're like, no, no, it's okay. It's just the Cheerios are boring. So yeah, that, I mean, that's my big thing for women. It's like, you're not broken. You are so more normal than you think you are. We're just stuck in the society that doesn't prioritize female pleasure, doesn't teach us how our brain work, basically tells us that we should function like little men. And then we're like, there's something wrong with me. And I'm like, no, there's not. Just nobody taught you this stuff. And that's my job. So remember, everybody, you have permission and you can have as much fucking pleasure as you want in your life. If you need more sass from Dr. Kelly Casperson, you need to head over to your podcast. It's You Are Not Broken. We talked about it a couple different times. It's amazing. It's definitely in my top listens. I jump in there, make my husband listen to it. She talks about great resources. She breaks down important topics. She has awesome guests. So go hang out with her. If you're hanging out on Instagram, you can also find her at Kelly Casperson MD. And I'll have all of this stuff in the show notes for everybody. Yay. Come and hang out with me. It's super fun. It is so much fun. It's so much fun to take taboo topics and normalize them and say so like, much fun. Hey, like everybody's doing it. It can be so much better. Totally. Oh, thank you. Absolutely, friend. Good talking with you today. You too. Hey, are you tired of going at it alone? Well, friend, you don't have to anymore. Come sit with me. I want you to know that it's okay if you need to take a break. It's okay if you need to talk about some real crappy things. It's okay. You're not the first to feel like this, and you don't have to stick it out and be miserable. There is a way out, and there is a whole movement of fierce females in your corner. If you want to come sit with me and be in my community, you will not see me in Facebook groups. I freaking hate 
Facebook with a deep and fiery passion. <laughs> but what you can do is come over to Aaron Wiseman's Badass Collective on Slack. Because guess what? Once a badass, always a badass. And this isn't anything that's paid. It's not anything that I'm like throwing huge promos at you. It is simply a community where I am trying to get people together in the same space so that we can have these kind of conversations safely and in a protected manner that you feel so loved on. It's the whole purpose. So click in the show notes, get over to the Slack group. We do have some community rules, but you know, that's just how it goes. But I would love to see you in there. I am in there almost every single day, having real conversations, posting crazy pictures of my kids and gifts, all that good stuff. And I want you in there too. So come on over, come sit with me. All right. So there you have it. I hope you're walking away empowered to stop waiting for permission because the only person in the room that you need to ask is your freaking self. So you don't need to ask for it. You already have it. Go hang out with Kelly like we mentioned in all the places. It really is a fun, awesome podcast with a lot of great conversations that she's having. Also, don't forget about our sponsor today, MR Insurance Consultants, where their goal is to assist you in obtaining the most comprehensive coverage for your insurance needs available for your unique situation. Reach out for them for excellent and quality service at drpodcastnetwork.com backslash MR insurance. All right. Well, before I let you go, I just want to remind you, there's a lot of amazing stuff happening in and around the Burnt Out to Badass community. We've got an awesome badass Slack group. I will be camping this weekend. Super excited with the badass retreat. There's a group happening all sorts of things. So check the show notes out for if you want to be more involved, if my message resonates with you, if you just want to hang out with other badasses, you are so welcome at the table. And remember, as always, when I tell you this, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. <laughs>